Are you looking to maximize the amount of money that you can make from side hustles? If so, don't forget to join the Side Hustler Society newsletter so you can stay up to date and posted on when we come out with new content. By joining the newsletter, you will also receive Chapter 5 of my best-selling book, The Anatomy of Financial Success. This chapter specifically focuses on income as well as the various types of income and what income will work best for you based on your expectations and overall what you want when it comes to money. Go to www.fachapter.com to join the newsletter and get started. Sup, everyone. This is Elijah with the Side Hustler Society podcast. And by a popular demand, I've actually found a uh, designer in the clothing industry to interview for you guys. His name is John Thomas, and I'm excited about this video because I've actually known him for quite some time. There's a lot of uh, people who want to hop in the clothing industry, and they end up getting mixed up with Teespring and Spreadshop, that kind of thing. For those of y'all that don't know what that is, that's a means that you can uh, branch off into the clothing industry by having people go to your online store. And one of these companies will handle the shipping of the uh, product to you, but you lose a uh, lot of uh, leverage, if you will. You can't control really the quality of the shirt. And um, obviously, they're going to take the bulk share of the revenue since they are handling the manufacturing side. Keep in mind, that's still a good choice for like someone like me who may want to have my own merch. I actually do have my own merch. You can check it out at the SideHustlerSociety.com. But um, for me, it's uh, really passive, and they just ship it to the customer. So that works fine. But what about people that want to actually take it to the next level, handle the manufacturing, maybe increase their margins, maybe get it into uh, certain stores, maybe even to open their own store? John has actually done this whole song and dance. I think that's the saying. I might be butchering that saying. But he's actually been in the game since uh, 2014, and he has his own clothing line called Fly Forever, and he just opened a physical store called Jacob and John. He went to design school and got an associate's in fashion design and a bachelor's in merchant design. On top of that, he just recently got his master's in finance, so he actually has gone to established institutions to teach him how to do this whole designing thing. So he's going to break down that knowledge in terms of marketing and also uh, just some tips on how to get the design business started in this podcast. So let's go ahead and bring him on the podcast. I'll hit you with this intro. Welcome to the Side Hustler Society podcast with your host, Elijah Bilal. This is where you can find out more about hustles that are best for you. And of course, make more money in the process. Elijah has been in the gig economy and freelance space for over five years and has done over 3,000 deliveries on Uber Eats. He's an Airbnb super host, runs multiple YouTube channels, and is the author of the best-selling book, The Anatomy of Financial Success. It's his mission to empower people with the tools needed to be successful. Now, welcome your host, the king of side hustles, Elijah Bilal. So, John, how you doing today? I'm doing good, man. You know, as an entrepreneur, it's always a roller coaster. I can quite say for our days, the ebbs and flows, but today everything's going good. You're not kidding about that. Uh, when it comes to this hustling journey, sometimes it's uh, nonstop. It uh, goes in its own cycles, right? Like 
it's heavy like one moment and it's more relaxed and heavy and it can be a little chaotic am i right yes yes <laughs> right 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 all right so uh for the audience uh why don't you tell us like a, a little bit about yourself and how uh, jacob and uh, john got started because uh obviously i've known you from back in the days when we both worked at amazon pretty funny how where we are right now you got your own clothing line and i can have my own podcast and you know financial anatomy it's crazy how two ambitious people can really make stuff happen but uh it'd be nice if uh, the audience can hear some of that to get inspired so that maybe they can duplicate some of that success so how did uh jacob and john uh, get started well actually um that's a good question um i actually started design school back in 2014. i went to wade college where i got my associates in fashion design and i got my bachelor's in merchandise and design within that process i started my first label fly forever it was one of them things where i was creating and doing a lot of different graphics and everything and at first i started off with just t-shirts and hats things along that nature and then as i started getting traction i started getting more serious with it and i started getting down to the detail and technical side of things i said you know what there's something i'm really gonna pursue mm -hmm. because i always wanted to be a designer from back when i was at high school me and my friends we used to buy gucci and Louis Vuitton pieces at a bigger size and cut them up and customize them all to our own liking. So we can always have one-on-one -on -one pieces of stuff that nobody else have. So something fashion was something I was always passionate about. I started off with my first line, Fly Forever. But as I got serious with it and started getting more into trying to get into the stores, I kept running into a roadblock where they saying, and was similar to other brands that they already carried. So I kind of out of that. And I say, you know what? I'm going to switch my business model around, make things more personal to me. And that's how I end up coming up with the name Jacob and John. My name is John Paul Thomas. My son's name is Jacob Isaiah Paul Thomas. And so I put Jacob first and John and then just put it together. And that's how that what led to me being now with my main label jacob and john oh man that's beautiful I, I didn't know that uh jacob and john came from the combination well i obviously knew your name is john but i didn't know that jacob was your son so like that that's crazy you kind of uh directly slash indirectly have already made it so that when this brand stands the test of time you could actually pass it on to your boy and it's very organic and natural yes yes and that's that's what i kind of like to focus on i kind of like to be more organic with things not to say that with fly forever it wasn't organic but it didn't feel it wasn't a connection there it was something that i started off on the whim and i was just going from that you know how as an entrepreneur we start one way and then we don't we might not have a direction but we just know we want to build something and that will fly forever it was but when i switched to jacob and john I kind of got more serious with things for knowing my target market, mm. knowing what direction I want to take it, knowing the steps I want to take with this part of the brand and how I want to build it out. And I knew it was going to take time and I'm just growing it slowly, but surely I like to tell people that I'm building it. I'm building the plane as I fly. 
And that fly is going to be flying forever, right? Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Pun intended. That's uh, that's powerful. And it's uh, very akin to uh, the Hustler's Journey. Obviously, this is the Side Hustler Society podcast. And um, there is a, oh, man, what is the name of that book? It Escapes. Yeah, here it is. Create Money, Keys to Abundance. The author is a Sonia Roman. And like one thing she talks about is the ability to go with the flow if you're an entrepreneur because you're going to have uh, multiple passions. And eventually you, a passion may run out for one thing and it will kind of lead into the next thing. But it might be mostly scary to go ahead and go on with that new thing. But that new thing is what's going to be bringing in the bread. So a rule of thumb is if you follow your passion, oftentimes the money will follow. But if you don't follow your passion, you might as well be working a job, in my opinion. Yes, yes. I, I'm kind of, I kind of had them same beliefs too, because even in the midst of working your passion, you still may have to work a job just until you start bringing in the revenue where you're able to just live off your passion. So mm -hmm. that, even speaking of that, when the pandemic hit, I could speak for myself, my passion, I had kind of lost a few thousand dollars with my passion, lost some accounts and everything, but I was able to pick up other streams of income, which got me to invest in into the Airbnb business. I right, started right. first property um, in 2020 of October. And then I seen, I was, I'm not going to lie. I was kind of scared to jump out there by myself, but I did some research and I invested in my first property. I started off with a budget of $2,500 of what I'm going to take to um, furnish, the, the furnish the place. Furnish the place and everything. And I wasn't going to spend no more than that. I ended up spending like $2,385, if I can remember correctly, with my first one. But it taught me a huge lesson getting that first property because I made a bunch of mistakes with it. And I and I knew moving. Mistakes to learn for. Yes. It really wasn't mistakes. It was just lessons learned that um moving forward if I wanted to continue doing it, which I did because I ended up acquiring five other properties within the process, within actually within one year's time. And that extra income had been what's to help me sustain me throughout this whole pandemic and everything really over the last year and a half almost two years right right uh fun little uh, history lesson for everyone uh john is actually the one that inspired me to get into the airbnb game when we had touched bases a little after the pandemic was starting to wind down he had mentioned he had some properties on airbnb so i asked him a few questions and um you know he answered them. i was like huh you know what? That's actually uh, I wouldn't mind actually dabbling into that myself. So he kind of inspired me to get in, so involved with the Airbnb properties, and um, that's a huge part of this uh, podcast. It's actually playing an inspirational role to inspire people to do things, and also laying a, a pathwork to uh, make those things you know very achievable. So that's uh, that's powerful. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Uh, well, one, I want to say that's a good thing that I was able to inspire you. But then, too, like I even told you not too long ago, you even inspired me, too, just to use the different platforms, whether it's YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. 
how you can able monetize it for your business, your personal brand, and help things grow along in nature. Because I was one of them people that was under the belief of I do the work and then just post as I go from time to time. But then, too, as I started sitting back and looking at it, people want to see the process. People want to see you document the process. Not, not None of us got it right the first time. You know, we all make mistakes. And if they said they did, they're lying. Exactly. And if it's too good to be true, most likely it is as well. So <laughs> it's one of the things where I just I find myself now opening it up more to my consumers, get getting more knowledgeable, more letting them know me, bringing them into my world, even if I'm showing them things on the back end for us with the designs and everything or the mistakes I made in the Airbnb business. I always tell people I'm an open book. I like to help people as they continue to grow along their own journey, even as someone was there to help me make certain mistakes and, you know, help avoid me from making different pitfalls in the business of an entrepreneur. Because one thing we all know, none of us got all of the answers. And we're going to have our ups and our downs throughout this journey. So, <laughs> you know, uh, I think uh, this is a mad teachable moment. But uh, people listening, uh, one thing that can skyrocket you to success is just uh, watch who you hang around. What I mean by that is uh, y'all just literally heard how we inspired each other in different uh, venues and we've uh, benefited from it. You'll get around people that are doing stuff. You'd be surprised um, how much easier things get, not just in terms of uh, these people can help you out, but just monitoring their progress can be inspiring to yourself and vice versa. Uh, there's too there's too much lone wolf stuff going on, in my opinion, when it comes to uh, the hustle game. And uh, I honestly think that if more people just linked up with more people like them, things would just go a little smoother. Yes, because you have someone to lean on when, when them dark nights and you're trying to find out yourself. You can have somebody you can call up that'll be able to understand what you're going through as an entrepreneur. Because to be uh, honest, the entrepreneur game is not for everybody and right, so right. out there trying to do it on your own you're not going to get far doing it on your own you'll get ahead you may think you're getting ahead but then you're going to come into a bunch of roadblocks where you're going to need that one motivation some some inspiration just in that drive just to continue going along your trail and then when you have somebody you can look and lean towards that you can call on at certain times of the day be like hey i'm going through this i'm trying to figure this out or do you even just have any assistance or guidance to be able to help me get to the next level that can be that next person you can lean on that's why it's good to have a good network of people and like he mentioned earlier we both used to work together at amazon and not to say we was loving that place but <laughs> we knew we weren't gonna be there too much longer <laughs> Uh, well, I will say this. I'm not crapping on Amazon. I enjoyed it for what it was, but clearly yeah. it was a stepping stone <laughs> to the next step. <laughs> right. Okay. So a lot of people, uh, when it comes to the designer business, uh, they may be interested in trying to get it started, but uh, they may be confused as far as uh, what equipment would they need to actually officially get things started. Do you have any uh, commentary that you want to add to people who might be inspiring to uh, start some kind of design business and uh, what equipment would they need to get started? Um, 
the best advice I always tell people is try to get knowledge, soak up as much knowledge as you can before you jump out there in the fashion. Mm -hmm. Now, granted, I went to school for it. So I learned a lot of my skills and everything. I learned that in school, but you don't technically have to go to school for it. It's not required or anything. I just chose, that's just my route. That's just my backstory. You know, even if you reading books on YouTube, things along that nature, or you even do some internships under different fashion houses, learn as much knowledge as you can before you actually jump out there because you just get very expensive. Once you learn, once you learn the design and then everything, it's good to know what different material you want to work with. That'll mm -hmm. help you along the way because you can start speaking with manufacturers you can see that well if i want to create this piece create that piece you are not to speak that language that the manufacturers understand what you mean because that can get costly as well and even before you start producing your first piece they'll want to know the different fabrics and everything along that nature you want to use and always know your target market when you know your target market you know who you're selling to you know what type of material they like you know the things that they like take that into account and then just go for it and hmm. like I say man i jumped out there and finally went out on my own and said i'm gonna do this and start taking this serious and it prepared me into rooms that i never could imagine from being featured in vogue magazine like in the december issue all the way to now opening up my first store most recently it's one of them things where i can only imagine why it's gonna take me even in the future but granted i got a portfolio that i created back in design school where i had everything laid out that i wanted to do within the um my next few years and mm -hmm. even portfolio just looking through it since i finally found it again i think done almost everything literally in the portfolio that i said i was gonna do so you just got to stick to what you what your goals are and what your dreams are and just go after it. Don't allow nobody to tell you it's untainable. You can't do it. I didn't hurt everything in the fashion industry. Right? Nobody, <laughs> nobody not going to wear your stuff, even from some celebrities telling me, no, I'm not going to wear it or none of that. But that don't do nothing but motivate me and drive me to continue to keep going with my passion, my dreams. Right. And you, you mentioned uh, know your target market, uh, kind of relating that back to the Airbnb stuff. I can seriously see how there is a correlation. It's like uh, with the Airbnb stuff, I cater to business travelers and all the amenities I make available are catered towards them, like uh, having a work desk, a work desk that can plug. You can plug your computer into it as well as the USB drives. I'm um, having high speed Internet, like all these things are catering to that target market. So it's not surprising that they're the ones that are mainly booking. So that target market is a uh, very key, and it, it obviously carries over into um, the uh, clothing business. Yes, uh, and not to cut you off, um, the target market is a big thing because you don't want to be in the wrong area trying to sell to people who not not necessarily not necessarily say they can't afford it, but it's just not correlating it's you'll find you'll find that you're not getting that foot traffic that you want to or you're not getting that clicks 
on your website or things along that nature. And, and then you'll be thinking you're doing something wrong, which you might be doing the right things, but you just need to make sure your product is being placed in the right rooms in the right areas where you can be put in place of certain eyes or people who who want to buy your clothes or potentially will buy your clothes will be able to see it because it's all about being seen. And then don't limit yourself as well. A lot of us mm -hmm. think just because one group of people seeing it on IG that it, that's the whole world. No, you got other groups of people on Facebook, other groups of people that's TikTok, other groups of people who don't even use social media. And they just see it. They like to go inside different stores and see it, touch it, feel it, understand the material and everything. So it's a lot of people out here in the world who want to see your product, want to see your ideas, want to see what you're working on, or even like in the Airbnb business, who want to get in, stay into your places. They just want to know that they're being taken care of at the best quality. And it's enough of the things that they looking to do in your Airbnb and they're able to make that happen. Right. This uh, got a Rich Dad Poor Dad interlude for everyone. But, yo, this is the book Rich Dad Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. I think everyone's heard of him at this point. But in that book, uh, he had mentioned, well, it might not have been that one. I got a bunch of his books. But in one of his books, he mentioned that uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad, his books were placed in this car wash. But the car wash was known for having affluent people going in and out of the car wash paying, like, a bunch of money just to get their car washed and um he specifically picked those type of car washes because those are the type of people that would see the book like oh i'm pretty financially astute uh let me see what this book has to offer if he had just put it in any other car wash those books probably would have still been there it's the place category when it comes to the four p's of business that's yeah. very key it's very critical to our success especially when you uh, have a, a product-based business yes it, it really is and even with my own product knowing my target market just to backtrack on what i mean by being featured in vogue magazine that was a good product placement for me because i know the type of crowd that i'm trying to attract and the type of consumer i'm trying to reach with them seeing my pieces in vogue magazine and being featured in that last year it was one of them things where it helped just solidify myself as a designer my brand name as i continue building and being able to highlight highlight that throughout my journey right so you mentioned that uh maybe finding some type of internship as far as like a designer could be beneficial like uh, could you go into more detail as far as how a person would do that like would they just like google it or like if they really wanted to uh, try that how would they go about it well it's a few ways you can Google different fashion houses in your local area that you may work in, that you may stay in. But it's one of them things where potentially it's better to be in certain areas of the market in the fashion industry. What I mean by that, whether if you're in New York or you're in LA or if you're in Texas in the Dallas area, go around in the fashion district where it's a lot of different manufacturers and things along that nature where a lot of pieces get made because you can learn the back end of the business first and it's good to turn for them type of positions and just walk through the doors and ask someone i'm looking to try to learn the business i'm looking to try to 
get into the fashion industry. I want to learn how this thing work and how that thing work and see what if they have any open positions for you to be able to just intern on a daily basis. Also, good websites to use cfda.com they have different intern positions there for different designers whether it's designers who start now for all the way up to designers that's already established in the game you can find different intern positions on there wgsn that's another good website you can look on for is in the fashion industry you can find different intern positions on there as well and it's just about getting out there and just you know, it's a different. It's a lot of different ways to do it because it's a lot of different designers out here. It might right. not be fashion designer. It might be designer who makes suits in the industry or just make dresses, or they just make apparel for different companies. And but they still a designer. But just learning the back end business, you seeing how they operate, seeing how we operate overall as a designer, and it's one of them things where. You could take what you learned and then incorporate it in your own business and your own journey. Right. So that's a good way to get your Damon John on, huh? Exactly. <laughs> uh, for people who don't know who that is, that's the uh, founder of uh, FUBU. Uh, you want to know more about him, check out Shark Tank. He's pretty uh, pretty frequent. Well, he's a regular on there, but when he talks, he's one of the few people on there, him and Mr. Wonderful, when they speak, it's usually, usually like some deep game. The rest of them, they love to talk to hear themselves talk, but usually those two, they actually drop some jewels. Yeah, yes, it really is. And he, he very instrumental. He very inspirational, really. I can say in my own personal life, because like him, like him as well, he was a fashion designer, but he was also a, he also an investor too, in other numerous businesses and everything. And I can speak that to my own journey because even though I got my degree in fashion design and everything. I recently graduated from the University of Dallas with my master's degree in finance. And throughout that, I like to do other investments as well when it comes to, as we say, real estate with the Airbnb business, Airbnb business, whether it's leveraging different properties on there. And then I kind of got some other things in the pipeline that I'm working on where that I'm not ready to speak about, but right. In due time, you're going to find out more information about it. You might want to make some space in your schedule because uh, I know Damon John is getting older. Like uh, when he steps down from Shark Tank, you might be a good replacement. You might be getting hit up, hit up by ABC. Exactly. Uh, I'm, just, I'm just letting you know right now. Let's keep that in because <laughs> hopefully I'll work my way up to that level. <laughs> right. So you've already kind of touched on this a little, but um, there are multiple ways to like promote like a clothing brand. Uh, which way have you found to be like the most effective for you? Um, I found like the depending on the crowd I'm trying to reach, it's good to promote it on social media. And what I mean by this aspect, only in the sense of letting people see your journey from when you first started to where you're at currently. Because don't nobody just want to see the end game of it. You kind of build more connection and the realness with people when they see the journey from day one all the way up into where you're at at the point of your life. It kind of helps people build that connection, build that realness, and just be able to want to build and um, support you organically. Now, granted, as you get in the fashion business, you'll see it's a lot of politics on it. 
far as just on the business side of it. But I was about to say, isn't that business in general? Yeah, that's not unique to this business. Yeah, it really is. But <laughs> of um, building that connection with your consumer and everything, let them understand that you document all the processing you could just really do that by leveraging social media to different platforms because someone like myself like i told you earlier i used to be a real private person but mm -hmm. as i watch you in your journey how you utilize different platforms and you able to do your podcast and do your other business ventures and you able to connect them all together i remember one day when you told me matter of fact that you were going to start a page on doing the financial literacy and everything and now that i see you doing it and everything that's just motive, more motivation for me to be like i gotta make sure i'm utilizing all these different platforms on a daily basis whether it be TikTok, whether it be facebook whether it be instagram whether mm -hmm even if it's linkedin now side note linkedin kind of get tricky because um i only use that for my professional work but i still make business posts on there but it kind of it kind of then got me in some trouble i'm gonna say i'm just gonna say not literally yeah. but it kind of got me different jobs that i contract positions with different clients they asked the question of like why are you trying to do this and you got your own business and things along this it's one of the things where they just want gotcha. you about your personal life i hear i, I can see that <laughs> and as far as um like just uh documenting your process so people can see where you started uh that's powerful because it makes you relatable like to this day i still have my very first youtube video uh up on the app lifestyle and you can see i'm stiff as hell i'm extremely reserved and uh, it's still left up and it hasn't even got that many views as you know as the first video but it's still there so people can see where i started so uh, a lot of people build this perception of you if they don't see your humble beginnings they like oh you're up here and i'm like down here how am i supposed to reach that when they see where you started that's just more inspiration that oh you know what everyone starts somewhere let me just get started and i'll steadily improve and uh you know that could be in anything in life and of course uh, when they do steadily improve and get that disposable income you're going to be towards the top of the list that they want to spend that money with yes yes it's one of those things where people want to see the process and even when it comes to like i say me recently opening up my first store People see that to know exactly why I started that from back in 2014 when I first started design school and I made the transition to follow my passions. Even at the time when I was just printing shirts, selling hats and everything along that nature, to now see me running a full store, producing whole collections of things along that line, even being featured in magazines and everything. They know that they didn't watch why I started it and where I'm going and why I'm going moving forward. And then too, mm -hmm. it gives them that motivation one to know that I can actually support this person. And then two, it's just like it's a motivational testament to where I maybe need to go and go after them goals that I've been putting off, them dreams and everything that I've been putting off for the longest. Because like I always tell people, one thing we can guarantee in life 
the things are going to happen in all of our personal life things are going to happen so just go for it and then even when the roadblocks come just find a way to navigate it if it don't happen right now lay on down the line when it do happen you can already have your ducks in the road to where things can prepare you to the next level and i can say that for myself that's how i say it's going nicely put when it comes to this uh, type of business, what would you say is your biggest challenge that you've encountered and uh, how did you uh, solve it? Because a lot of people are probably wondering, like, well, if I uh, try and, uh, you know, follow this dream of being a designer, I'm going to encounter challenges. But like, how did you solve the? What is your biggest challenge that you've had and how did you solve it? I say my biggest challenge is. Um... One is finding a good uh, manufacturer because mm-hmm. that's I I I really lean on that as being the biggest challenge because the quality of your product your product gonna take you further than anything. You can have all the money in the world, but if quality if you're not standing on quality in the fashion industry, you're gonna burn out fast. You could make one sale. But that one sale is not going to turn into a repeating customer. And then that one sale is going to go out and tell the next person, like, nah, I didn't really like the stuff that I bought from that person. Because the quality of the product. So don't be, don't be having that Teespring quality? Nah. <laughs> and and, and I, I tell people that no matter if fashion industry or anything, as entrepreneurs, most of us don't have the big financial backing. So whatever business we get in, we got to be able to stand on quality over quantity. You'd rather have a good, good quality pieces of anything than a large quantity of a, a lot of BS people that you're not really satisfied with. That, whether that be fashion industry or you're in the candle business or the loan business, anything even if you have a bunch of airbnb properties if you're not mm-hmm. keeping the quality up you're going to get put out of business by the next person because they'll rather go to someone that's more that they're more comfortable with that they know that they name holds hold some way to having quality stuff or they putting thought into it because i always tell people some people jump into the entrepreneur game is let me see how fast i can make a dollar or the fast way to make it the next sale, the get rich quick scheme. That doesn't really live in this world as an entrepreneur because you're gonna have to do your due diligence on making sure you vet not quality manufacturers, quality material, and everything. And that what takes you farther in life. Having the quality piece, the quality product, and then one person will tell the next person, and that'll tell the next person, and eventually that line down the line you'll have repeat customers and things along that nature right food for thought for anyone just entering in business in general um if you're not as if you have some type of product-based business not a service-based business a person's ego is as critical as their money like people like to stroke their ego and brag about products and if you have a quality product this is going to happen and it's going to be to your favor. Yes. Uh, the opposite is also true. If you don't have quality, they're going to badmouth you. You get a bad reputation, and no one's going to want to buy your stuff. So keep yeah. keep the client's ego 
in uh in mind too and how you can serve that ego especially if you're catering towards the higher like affluent class when they spend money on things that are really not that much different from other stuff but the quality is just better and they want to pay for it they got yep. the disposable income but they do want increase in quality exactly yeah and they want to feel appreciated like i'm one i'm either buying this product and uh they want to feel good that they bought it or i'm paying for this service and i know i'm getting my money's worth they don't want to feel like they're getting taken advantage of and at the sense that's almost anyone no matter what you don't want to feel like you get taken advantage of so i always try to tell people to lean on quality when it comes to specifically in the fashion industry because i didn't been there at where i want to put something out but it's really not the best reputation the best representation of my brand and i had to fall back on that like no nah, i'm just mm-hmm. gonna wait and waiting is not necessarily a bad thing because that's something that's really in our own head of us trying to rush but I had to stand on waiting and you know it ended up working out in my favor cool cool you know on that quality sale uh, this is actually a, a good question like uh, you know there's basically three price points there's uh the cheapest price point the middle of the road price point and then the uh, price point that's kind of high for your industry they all have their pros and cons but uh which one would you say your products fall under and why did you choose to fit in that category I I chose to focus on like the the middle class category because that's really my target market. Okay. I I like to target the gentleman well the classification of people within the twenty-five, thirty-eight to forty year old range that's really making the extra to be able to spend that extra on a quality shirt, on a quality jacket, things along that nature. Because I know them the type of pieces that I like to wear. So, okay, we're spending quality prices on quality pieces that I like to wear in my everyday life, everyday walk of life, whether it's at work or whether it's going out for a drink or doing happy hour or even going out to a nightclub. I want to target them type of people that I'm usually around. And, right. When it come in to the high luxury side of things, on the fashion side of, of the business, it's good to have that target client, but you kind of in the middle of diminishing a lot of people who may want to spend money with you. So if you're gonna if you're gonna target that luxury market, it's good it's good to target that market because them people have the money to spend as well but you got to make sure your product is being placed in the right market to be able to reach them type of people because the the ones who are on the luxury side of things who's spending on a regular basis some of them are not on social media some of them are not having a lot of time on their hands a lot of them are probably working a lot making that money or they may be retired so they want to go to the department stores that sell them type of prices and you might not even be able to sell a lot but just know you're spending you're going to be spending a quality you're going to be spending um a lot of more money at the manufacturers for that better quality stuff mm-hmm. and then sell it at a higher price and then if you want to sell it in the fast fashion side 
that's good too but you probably have a lot of inventory and you kind of got a lot you got a lot of once you make your name you put in the game and your name in the game you're gonna have that customer the everyday customer who could spend 10 12 to 15 to 20 dollars on a shirt for example but you're gonna be going through a lot of product which you can't really go wrong in any of them. It's about finding a lane that you that fits best for you, and then right. just love it. Okay, because like uh, usually, if uh, you're in the bottom of the market in terms of prices, uh, the problem is like there's always someone trying to beat you in terms of price. And if you're on the higher end of the spectrum, you are going to have fewer people that you can serve. So you really got to be targeted in your marketing and getting it in front of them. <laughs> And the middle price is where it is the most bloated, but it's not necessarily bloated with quality. So if you can compete on direct quality, you can stand out if you're in the middle price. Would you say that? Yes. Yes, I can that um that's kind of correct with it because you can't be trying to target the market of the middle class and the upper class and then but you're selling your product, but you're only selling to a, are you trying to be the audience of people that's in the lower class and i don't want to what i mean by that you can't be trying to sell a high priced product to people who just don't have the money to be able to afford it right it makes sense to be somewhere trying to promote airbnb in an area that's really not the best place to have a property at, if you know what i mean yeah it's, things where you got to really take into account who is my customer is who is the everyday customer who could i see wearing my stuff you even do a mood board on what type of celebrity i can see wearing this product or what type of consumer i see wearing this on an everyday basis and just work your way down there there's certain check marks and certain checklists you need to have in line when you're building that customer and then just go after that all right cool cool so uh audience is gonna want me to ask about the benjamin so you know we got to go there <laughs> but but uh when it comes to like uh your um designer business or clothing business like uh how much would you say you pull in on, on a monthly basis well just just from my online sales things along that nature i do around almost five thousand on a monthly basis but just to be honest that number has been tweaking a little bit late lately because as i mentioned i recently just opened up a, a new store so right. lately i've been getting more foot traffic on the inside of the store and my numbers from the online sales been going down so in total just off my from my store my online within the last few months i've been doing close to ten thousand a month Mm -hmm. which is still kind of good for someone in my nature because i just opened up the store and it's, right. it haven't even been a whole year yet now let's let's do another interview within the next year <laughs> totally different but, right plus uh you're still somewhat on a rebound from the pandemic yes and it's one of the things where i may be doing them type of numbers for as revenue on a monthly basis, but that don't mean I'm seeing that type of profit right now because 
to be honest, the pandemic, I done lost a bunch of um, wholesale accounts because I do wholesale as well with one of my brands. My main brand, Jacob and John, I still wholesale it to other department stores, things along that nature. And my Fly Forever brand, the pieces that I do sell, I only sell that in store and on the website. So it's one mm-hmm. of the things I'm trying to play catch up and make some of my money back that I've lost over the time within the pandemic. Okay. Yeah, and um, you know, that's a good reason to uh, be, you know, somewhat diversified. And uh you that's what you did with the Airbnb and just uh some of the other stuff that you've been looking at starting. So you know, that's definitely something to take note of uh for people who are listening. Um so I, I would say if uh someone was to do this on a part-time basis because uh, you're in the game full-time do you have any advice for someone that w- wanted to get started part-time yes it's like i always tell people start with a few pieces don't try to start with too many pieces start with one two three good pieces and then start online and then just go from there don't mm-hmm. don't don't make the mistake like I did trying to start with a whole collection of things. Not to really say it was a mistake, but if I can rewind the hands of times, I probably would just started with a few good pieces and then just launch from there and trying to, instead of starting with a bunch of pieces. And it seemed like I was all over the place, which I wasn't in a sense because I was putting together my first collection, but at the same time, I didn't have the funds to be able to get everything manufactured like I want to. And some pieces I just wasn't satisfied with. Start with you a few solid three or four good quality pieces that you're able to manufacture and then just put it out there, start your website and then just go from there. Grow your social media following, let everyone see the journey. Trust me, it's going to take time. Don't compare yourself to too many people but use people as inspiration don't use people as comparisons what i mean by that i thought even on my own personal social media platform i do follow other some other designers but it's ones that i'm more inspired by i don't try to follow too much because sometimes they can play in your head and have you thinking like i'm not where this person's supposed to be of course i'm not going to be where this person is at because that person may have been doing it longer than me. Oh, that person may have the funds to be able to have that financial backing to get to where he or she is at at certain levels of their life. So we all got our own journey. Start with a few good pieces and then just build from there. Got you, got you. Okay. Because uh, people always want to know the full-time potential of any particular hustle. And uh, yeah. for this one, it sounds like the summary is uh, – Obviously, you can do a part-time. You can all, you can also do a full-time. But uh, make sure you have a plan to scale from part-time to full-time. Now, yes. it's, like, it's not like, uh, for instance, like Uber Eats, where I'm going to do this part-time, and then I'm going to quit my job and then do it full-time like there's no real transition. Like, no, there, need, there needs to be a scalable transition from part-time to full-time, and that's this type of business. Would you say that? Yes, yes. It's, it's always best to keep your day job with almost any entrepreneur endeavor you're jumping into. Keep your day job to have that main source of income coming in. And then once your part-time or your passion start paying off, you'll kind of get that click in the head to know, like, now is a good time to 
gone. Take that leap of faith and do it full time. Once you start getting that traction, and then you'll have to push yourself maybe, but you'll know when it's a good time to do it. Okay, and a quick disclaimer, everyone. I'm not recommending that you quit your full-time job to do Uber Eats. I really am not, okay? Uh, I was using that as an example. If you want to know the details of that, I have a whole show where I 10 tips on how to succeed with Uber Eats. It shows you how to maximize making money with Uber Eats. But at the end, I, I, I did say I don't recommend doing it full-time. So don't, don't twist my words. But with that being said, um, we're about to start wrapping up the uh, show. Uh, John, I always ask uh, my guests if they have any uh, question they want to ask me towards the end. So you got any question that you, uh, you want to hit me with? It doesn't have to be about this, me, but I like anything. Um, no, I don't. As you mentioned, we are friends, so I kind of know more of your journey and everything. But <laughs> right. I could just say, I, instead of a question, I just want to tell you, you know, I don't have, you know, continue your own journey, keep moving forward, keep building. I'm seeing the work you're doing, and I'm just, I'm here to support you, bro. And I'm loving everything that you're doing in the atmosphere because, it's, you know, you have so many people, even if you don't even recognize it, don't even know it. Like, you're being inspiration to so many people out here. Appreciate it. You'd also take that statement, flip it, and apply it to yourself because that's how I feel too. Yeah, I'm truly honored. Thank you for that. All right, everyone. We're going to go ahead and uh, wrap up this episode of Side Hustle Society Podcast. Um, John, for people who want to get more of you or check out your products, uh, where can they find uh, your products or if they want to connect with you? So feel free to drop any uh, social media or uh, your website. Okay. My own personal social media, I'm on Facebook and on Instagram and LinkedIn. You can find me on Instagram at official John Paul Thomas. And then my business, www.jacob-john.com. You can find my a lot of my clothing and everything on there. Or you could, if you're in the Dallas area, stop at my store. My address is 2817 Live Oak Street, Dallas, Texas, 75204. I'm open every day of the week from 12 to 8, Monday through Friday, and on the weekends, 12 to 6. Most likely, I'll be in here working or in the back designing some things. I'll be happy to for you to drop by and to be able to just meet you and to build a connection with the community as I continue to grow my own business. Awesome. And we'll be sure to leave a link to his uh, website in the uh, show notes. But with, uh, with that being said, everyone, if uh, you enjoyed today's episode, if you're watching on YouTube, if you can give a like for the YouTube algorithm, very much appreciate it. And also subscribe if you're new, if you want to be notified when the, when the newest episode drops. If you're listening to the podcast elsewhere, if you could drop a review on the show, it'd be greatly appreciated. Uh, let us know how we're doing and how much, uh, in what ways can we better serve you. With that being said, this is this, this today's episode of Side Hustler Society Podcast. We'll catch you in the next one. Be profitable, everyone. This episode may be over, but your hustling journey has just started. Visit the SideHustleSociety.com to access all links and resources mentioned in the show that will help you on your hustler's journey.